Hey, 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 it's Q&A day. Today is all about the questions you've been asking me. We're talking about intermittent fasting. We are talking about bulletproof coffee. We're talking about where do we draw the line when we're getting so many mixed messages. And we're talking about what is sexy. Stay tuned for that and a lot more coming up. Welcome, you're on air with Ella, where we share simple strategies and truths from people who are doing something better than we are. Whether it's wellness or fitness and fat loss to just living better and with more energy or changing your mindset to accomplish more in your own life and succeeding however you define it. This is where we share the best of what we're learning from the experts and we're learning more every day. Live better, start now. Hello, welcome to the long-awaited solo episode of Q&A, all of the questions you've been sending me recently. I'm going to attack as many as time allows, including your responses and my responses to what is sexy. I loved hearing from you on this topic and I can't wait to share some of your feedback. Couple of quick housekeeping announcements. First of all, I am recording from my hotel room in Washington, D.C. today. Love this city, love being here. It occurred to me that since I'm here for a few days, I should have reached out to you guys and seen if anyone wanted to do a meetup here. I'll do a better job of doing that next time. I hope you're all well. I've done a couple things you need to know about. First of all, on the website, on air with Ella.com. I have made it super, super easy to get on the mailing list. You know, I can't stand when you go to somebody's website to get information from a podcast and you get that pop-up message and you can't read the content of the website because of that stupid box and they want your email. I don't do that. If you want to be on the mailing list, you can easily get on it by going to onairwithella.com and just clicking on the right side. You'll see a button that says join the mailing list. Just do that. Why should you do that? Because I occasionally create PDFs with all of the tips from certain episodes, especially the solo episodes, uh, with links to the products mentioned and with all of the tips in one place. It's sort of like a transcription of that episode. And I send those to you guys on my mailing list. So if you've already joined the mailing list and you haven't seen those, I think I've sent out three PDFs so far, then check your spam folder because I don't want to be in there and I might be in there. Okay. In other news, the reviews are pouring in and I got to tell you, I listen to podcasts and as a consumer of podcasts, I'm getting sort of burnt out on people asking for reviews. So I'm not going to ask you for reviews. I am just going to tell you that I read all of them and I love you guys so much. I really appreciate connecting with you in this way. So thanks Scottish Jewels. Thanks Lead 79. Thanks Silly Bands Rock Go By Them nice username. Thanks, Grow88. And please don't be upset if I haven't read your name. I just want to give a couple of shout outs to the people who are actually taking the time to go leave a tip in my tip jar, which is the iTunes or Stitcher Radio reviews. You guys are the best. Oh, I don't want to leave out E. Breve, who wrote, Ella Bration. I really enjoy this podcast. Ella adds humor and honesty to each episode. Each week, I look forward to seeing who she's going to interview next and how that topic can relate to my life. Great job, Ella. Well, thank you, Ebreve or Ebrev, whomever you are. I really appreciate that. I know it takes time to do that. I know iTunes doesn't make it easy. And you guys are awesome because every time you do that, iTunes says, oh, people are listening to the show. And then they bump you up in the rankings and then more people can hear you. Blah, 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 blah. You've heard it before. Anyway, just wanted to express some gratitude to those of you who are in fact taking the time to do that. You 
rock. Okay, that's it for the announcements. I have so many things I want to share with you today, so many questions I want to answer that we're just going to jump in. So here we go. Okay, the first thing we're going to tackle is several of your questions on intermittent fasting. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, then you're going to want to listen to episode 25 with Dr. Sarah Solomon. It's all about intermittent fasting. This is a controversial topic, and frankly, it was a little bit uncomfortable for me to release that episode. Dr. Sarah is the bomb. I could talk to her all day. I love her. I love her work. I think she's fabulous. But I want to be really, really clear about something. For those of you who haven't listen to episode 25 yet, intermittent fasting is really eating in a condensed time window. So some people may only eat for a 12-hour period in a day and intentionally not consume food for the other 12 hours. Most of those hours, of course, you're sleeping, but it's a conscious choice to condense your eating window. There are lots and lots of proposed benefits to doing so. Dr. Sarah takes it to the what I would call the extreme. I think she would agree with me. And she actually condenses her window sometimes to eight, six, even four hours. So her eating window only spans in a day, a four hour time period. Now, a lot of people have had great results with this and I just wanna remind you of something. What is your goal? Because if your goal is to be a fitness competitor and to be on stage and to have 2% body fat, then maybe you wanna pay attention to a four hour or a six hour condensed eating window. If you are struggling with binge eating or cravings, that might be a six hour window or an eight hour window might work for you in order to sort of help you get a hold of those cravings or that binging type pattern for yourself. Now, I'll be very, very frank with you. I have used intermittent fasting for that reason. So if life is so stressful, crazy, and I find myself on unhealthy eating patterns, I will actually condense my window to about eight hours to kind of reset. But on a normal day-to-day level, because my goal is to be a well-balanced, high-performing, you know, healthy body, I condense my eating window to 12 hours really without effort and really basically without thinking about it. And anything beyond that feels way too restrictive for me. It doesn't allow me to have the social aspect of my life that I want or even just to just be balanced about how I approach my day. So I just want to be very, very honest with you and very, very blunt. My approach might be different than your approach, but my goals are not to be on stage in a bikini, obviously. My goals are, as I said, to function as well as I possibly can given my other priorities. I want to live longer. I want to live stronger. I want to do all of those things, but I want to do it in what I would consider a normal way. So what's much more normal for me is to condense my eating. I don't even really think of it that way, but to not eat beyond a 12 hour time window. And Guys, think about that. That might be 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Or if I know I'm having a late evening, maybe it's 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. And P.S., I'm not religious about it. It's just a mode of thinking, and it's not about fat loss for me. It's actually about giving my body a break and just letting my body have 12 hours to do all of the other things that it needs to do because digestion is so resource consumptive in the body. So that's how I approach it. As I said, I have dabbled in the smaller windows of eight hours and even six hours on occasion if I kind of need to go to the extreme to reset some of my more extreme behaviors. But I hope that's helpful. Now, Wendy asked on Facebook, she said, thank you both 
Question, meaning Dr. Sarah and I, question, if you practice IF, do you have to track macros to get results? That means you have to count your carbs, you have to count your proteins, you have to count your fats. Now, Dr. Sarah does, but I want to remind you of something. Dr. Sarah is a fitness model, okay? It's her whole life. I mean, she is more than that, but this is her bread and butter and she has different goals than I do and she might have different goals than you do. So she would say yes and I would say no. So I use a, meaning she does and I don't. So I use a condensed eating window, which really, again, I don't even think of that way. And I don't count my carbs, I don't count my protein and I don't count my fats. I just simply don't eat 24 hours a day and I don't eat during every single waking hour and I like to give my body a break. And I believe, Wendy, depending on your goals, that you can also just pay attention to giving your body a break, perhaps condensing your eating window to 11 or 12 hours. And I think you can do that quite successfully without counting, measuring, weighing, etc. That just doesn't sound fun to me. Anyway, Jacob says, if you fast for 16 or 20 hours every day, but eat all of your calories in one or two big meals, will your stomach get big because of not eating smaller meals per day? Jacob, that's a great question, and I'm not qualified to answer it. I can just tell you that that was not my experience. The one thing that you may notice is you may actually bloat if you eat a whole lot of food within such a small time period, especially if those foods don't combine particularly well. So if you're eating heavy, heavy proteins and fruit, like those don't always necessarily sit well in the gut because fruit wants to digest very, very quickly and it can ferment if it's kind of stuck in your gut and and this sort of thing. But again, I am only telling you things that I'm reading. So none of this is backed up by my own data. This is all internet wisdom, Jacob. So I want to be really, really clear about that. So I do know that that is not a problem. The problem that you ask about is not a problem that Dr. Sarah has, but it might be a great question to actually direct to her if you want to get to her, Dr. Sarah Solomon. She's really good about answering people's questions. So if you care more about that, then go get her. Okay, question number two was bulletproof coffee. Jules reached out to me, Jules from Scotland. Hello, Jules. And she said, can you reshare your bulletproof coffee recipe and can it replace breakfast? Well, a couple of things. First of all, I will put the recipe for Bulletproof Coffee on the website, onairwithella.com, for this episode, which is going to be number 38. So you can pull up the recipe there. For those of you who have heard about this but you don't know what it is, it is fatty coffee. So it is a cup of coffee you make with really good, clean, organic beans and you blend your cup of coffee instead of with a dairy creamer or any of these other things, you blend it with a tablespoon or less of say Kerrygold butter, for example, and a tablespoon or less of MCT oil or coconut oil. I will put all of that in the show notes. I'm not going to go into that right now. It sounds disgusting to many who have never tried it. And frankly, it tastes quite delicious. If you don't use a blender, it tastes disgusting. If you do use a blender, it turns into this amazingly frothy, fabulous cup of joe. And it's so, so good. And it makes you feel like a superhero the first few times you drink it. And it's strangely addictive. Okay. So there's a lot of good and a lot of bad about bulletproof coffee. And what I mean is it is, can be really delicious. You kind of either love it or hate it. And 
almost everybody I've talked to loves it. And again, it has a superhero effect. It makes you feel like you can do anything, which maybe should be a little bit scary, but there it is. The downside is that it is, as I said, kind of addictive and it can do two things. One is it can have you going to Bulletproof Coffee instead of breakfast, which actually is a strategy that many, many people use. It is obviously nutrient deficient compared to a healthy breakfast, and it is a boatload of calories. Now, you know me, I don't count calories, but I do care if I'm consuming a 500 calorie cup of coffee, it does end up mattering um, depending on what the rest of my day looks like. So there are a lot of mixed reviews about Bulletproof Coffee. What I did was I relied on it a great deal um, for weeks and weeks and weeks. And then I said, you know what? I'm going to take a break from this. And I haven't gone back to it, to be honest with you. So I will definitely keep that as a tool in my toolkit. For example, if I know that I can't eat or I'm going to be eating big later, let's use a really, a really exceptional example. If it's Thanksgiving here in the US, or if it's a big holiday, and I know I'm gonna have like some monster meal, it's almost unavoidable. I would probably do like a bulletproof coffee morning and then, you know, get in a workout and then I would enjoy that meal later. But that's not an everyday strategy, guys. So there are people who swear by bulletproof coffee, it's practically a cult, and I'm going to put a link to the episode that I did, number 11, with Elizabeth Benton. And she actually shares her views on why she loves it. And then I'm gonna link to an article on why people think it's a terrible idea so that you can read about it and check it out for yourself. Now, Jules asked me, does Bulletproof Coffee replace breakfast? And I just wanna come back to that and say, Jules, like, I'm never gonna tell anyone to skip a healthy meal and go for a cup of coffee with butter and MCT oil in it. Like, that's just not what I would recommend. Again, if you have special circumstances or different goals than I do, then maybe it's something you wanna look into. I will give you the information because that is my job. So I will give you the information and you can decide for yourself. Okay, so in case it's not obvious, I have mixed feelings about Bulletproof Coffee. Next question. This is from Audie, and Audie asked me, she said, actually, I'm going to read Audie's question because I think she did such a good job here. With all of the clean eating and detoxing media that I have been consuming, there seems to be a universal statement, eliminate processed foods. But what does that mean? I mean, my paleo wraps come from a bag. So do my raw kale chips, my freeze-dried berries, etc. They are technically processed, so should I eliminate them? I was hoping you could clarify where to draw the line. Audie, I love this question. I love it for two reasons. One is it points out something that is so easy to get caught up in. Literally everyone you listen to is telling you something to do to make your life better. And sometimes you can just get overwhelmed and say, you know what, bag the whole thing. Like this is just too hard, where do I start? I have a lot to say about that. Maybe I'll do an episode dedicated to just that, but here's the short version, spoiler alert. Start where you are, use what you have, and do 
what you can. So the moment you start feeling overwhelmed, just say, okay, let's break this down. What's one thing that I can do today that if at the end of this year, I ended up doing it every day would materially change my life. Maybe that is drinking water in the morning. Maybe that is moving your body for 10 minutes a day. Maybe it is signing up for a race today to help you build the habit of practicing running. I don't know. When you start to get that feeling that this is just too much information and some of it's contradictory, just turn it off. Turn it off and think and think for yourself and say, what do I really need to do? What are my goals? What do I care about? Why do I care about it? Don't skip that step. That's the most important step. If you don't have a why, then it's terribly superficial and you won't make it stick. Okay, so again, there's an episode in there. We'll get to that. But let's address Audie's question. Audie says, where do I draw the line on processed food? Well, Audie, let's not get crazy, okay? If your biggest problem is that you're eating freeze-dried berries, raw kale chips, and paleo wraps, which are technically processed foods, then these are not problems, okay? (laughs) These are not big rocks that you have to move out of your way. So let's think about it this way. If we all focused on eating food that had ingredients that we could read aloud, recognize, and explain to, say, a five-year-old, then that food is probably going to be the better choice, the more nutrient-dense choice, and the more fuel-like substance for your body to fuel your body rather than block your body. That is always going to be the answer. So when I say eat real food, I am talking about some of these things that yes, they have spent time in a factory. It happens. We live in 2015 as I record this and we live lives where we are reaching for a Quest protein bar and that is our healthy choice for that moment. Is that processed food? Yes. Here's the way I like to think of it though. I think if we want to be really, really simple and you know me, I like to be really, really simple. I think there are two classifications for food. There is real food and there is junk food. And I trust your ability to know the difference, okay? By the way, there's not kid food. Did you notice that? That was not a category. You have real food and you have junk food. So please, please, please don't buy a bunch of crap for your kids and then say it's kid food and you only live once and blah, 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 okay? Feed your kids what you choose to feed them, but be honest with yourself, okay? So eat real food in my book means food. I'm not out there harvesting my garden, okay? I don't have a farm. I'm not growing my kale in my backyard. Everything I eat almost is touched by somebody somehow. I drink almond milk out of a carton. (gasps) Gasp, that's processed food. And honestly, it's got some stuff in there that I don't want or need, but I'm not making my own almond milk right now, okay? It's not my priority. So it comes back again to what are your goals, what are your priorities to meet those goals, and why? Don't make yourself crazy. Ask yourself, am I doing the best that I can with what I have for what I want to achieve? And that's going to look differently for everybody. So give yourself a break. Be realistic, 
and start with your goals and your priorities. And I'll tell you something. Let me give you an example on the flip side. I had this habit of chewing gum. It just kind of sounds gross when I say it, but so I would chew sugar-free gum anytime I was traveling. Well, guess what? (laughs) That was a lot. And it was kind of an addictive behavior for me. And I decided ultimately I was going to give up gum. Now, did that fall in the same category as say diet Coke for me? No, it seemed like a very small rock and it seemed harmless, but eventually my goal became, you know what? I don't need that extra little bit of chemical yuck in my mouth all the time. Also, it's not just awesome for my teeth. And so I'm actually gonna quit that habit because it is not a goal of mine and it's got some chemical nastiness in there that I don't want. Well, that is not something that somebody who's trying to lose 240 pounds should be focused on, in my humble opinion, unless it's a trigger for them in some way and they make that choice for themselves. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, we all have to sort through our own priorities and start where we are and use what we have and do what we can. So that's my long-winded answer to Audie's really good question. So thanks, Audie. Okay, we have another question from Tanya, and she says, I would love to hear more about some of the biggest discrepancies in the wellness world. For example, I hear some really respected people say that you shouldn't eat breakfast, or at the very least, it doesn't hurt you not to if you're not hungry. But then there are other very respected people who say that you should definitely put something in your stomach within an hour of waking. Who to believe? Does it all boil down to your goals? Tanya, yes. That's the short answer. But I want to do something more with this question. Tanya and everybody else, I want to actually do a show on this topic. So I have homework for you guys. Send me your questions. What are some of the biggest discrepancies that you are picking up on that you guys want us to peel back the onion on? Okay. So I will either dig into them myself or I will bring someone on to talk about them. So Tanya, I'm taking your question and I'm turning it into something we can collaborate on together everyone. So this is an issue for me as a listener and as a learner, and I know it's an issue for you guys. So what are the discrepancies? Tanya gives us one where it's like, eat breakfast, don't eat breakfast. Share with me the ones that are driving you mad, and I will take that and build on it, and we'll do, we'll dive deeper into this topic. So thanks, Tanya, for that inspiration. Jump in here, and let's start a conversation about this, and we'll follow up in a later episode. Okay, I have to read you this from Jules. I think I mentioned her before because she had a question about bulletproof coffee. Jules said, you are truly re-educating a 50-year-old Scott and I find your podcast inspiring. Thanks, Jules. She says, thank you for the diversity of guests you have on your show and the way you make them break things down so we can understand how to use this information to be healthier and maybe even thinner. Smiley face. Maybe. I have been trying your advice and especially about eating more good fats. I feel amazing after just a couple of weeks. Just a question for you. Night shift workers. My husband works night shift and I would love to know what would be the best way for him to eat to ensure his insulin levels aren't spiked and his energy levels are maintained and basically just help him get healthier. Once again, thank you, Ella. Your enthusiastic, down-to-earth, contagious personality is truly changing my life. Never stop broadcasting. I wish you the very best. Jules, that was so sweet. Thank you very, very much. And I really, really love hearing from you and everybody else that sent in questions. And I love hearing a little bit about your life. So I want to first point out that I'm not an expert. I bring the experts on to share their best information with you guys. And really my main criteria for each 
expert that I bring on is that they just have to be doing something better than we are, that they can share their best practices with us. Sometimes we'll resonate with it. Sometimes we won't. Sometimes we'll want more of them. So we'll actually go jump into their materials and learn more about them or get on their mailing list and become a student of theirs. And sometimes we just have our minds open to something we'd never thought of before. So I love it, but I am not the expert. I do have a few thoughts on how someone who's working a night shift can potentially set themselves up for more success. And then I would encourage you to reach out to Dr. Jade Tita with a similar question, or maybe even Elizabeth Benton. These are people that I've had on the show before that I'm sure would have a lot to say about this. So Jules, what I would do firstly is I would definitely, definitely look into meal planning. I would plan what a day's worth of meals should look like for your hubby. And that is not actually a strategy that I suggest off the cuff. It's not a strategy that I use myself really, um, unless I have sort of a crazy week coming up. And it's not something that I implement on a regular basis. However, if I worked the night shift and I knew that I did not want that to take over my life and just shut down my ability to feel good and operate at peak performance, I would definitely, definitely be planning my food, maybe three days at a time. And one of the reasons is because I would be making my food and bringing it with me for sure. So I would be looking at planning food and I would be making my own snacks and food to come with me so that the food part of your life was actually a little bit regimented because when you do something exceptional like work the night shift, you need to go a little bit out of your way to keep everything else in balance. So I would put in the effort there on the front end. The second sort of big idea is I would absolutely go back and listen to episode four, I think it is, with Sean Stevenson. And Sean Stevenson wrote an amazing and easy, easy, easy to read book about sleep. And in episode four with Sean, he shares some of his biggest tips. One of them is to ensure that you have blackout sleep time. For a night shift worker, this is going to be incredibly important. So I would make sure when your hubby is able to sleep that he is able to completely black out his environment, which of course is more difficult when you are sleeping in the middle of the day, but it's not impossible. And I think that would be utterly key to be able to maintain performance, to live longer, live stronger and feel good and not move through every day as though you were drunk. Okay, finally, and you might get a kick out of this, I would actually look at eating in a condensed time window. If I worked the night shift, I would go and listen to the episode with Dr. Sarah and I would take a very hard look at intermittent fasting. But again, I like to say it differently. I like to say I would look at eating in a condensed window, especially when your clock is reversed because otherwise you run the risk of really consuming food for as many as 20 hours a day, which is just not good for anybody. So those are my quick tips, Jules. Listeners, if you have experience with this and you want to share some of your best practices with Jules, I know she would appreciate it. So you can jump on Twitter or Facebook and share some of those, and I'll make sure that we all connect. 
Okay, guys, I really wanted to keep this episode under 30 minutes. It's just something that you ask for. So when I do these solo episodes, I'm going to try really, really hard to keep them under 30 minutes. So what does that mean to you today? It means that I'm going to take all of your responses to my question to you, which was, what is sexy? How do you define it? And I'm actually going to end this episode and immediately record another, which is answering that question, sharing your responses and sharing mine. So cliffhanger, I'm going to leave you here, take a breath and record another episode right now. I'll post them at the same time so you don't even have to get antsy. You guys go have a great day. Thank you so much for your time and for your engagement with me. I love you guys. You really mean so much to me. I love what we're building here. P.S. though, before you go, if you have a question for me, I just want to remind you, it's so easy to send me your questions. You can email me by going to the website onairwithella.com. You can post it on Facebook. Guess what the page is called? facebook.com forward slash on air with Ella. You can even tweet me or leave a comment under Instagram. I read it all. My favorite way for you to leave a question for me is to put it in iTunes ratings and reviews because it kills two birds with one stone. There you go. Now you know. Let me hear from you. Okay, everyone, I hope you enjoyed today's show and got something out of it that you can use. If you did and you want to learn more, just go to onairwithella.com where I put up links to all of the good stuff that we talked about today and more information about our guests and all the good stuff that you did not need to write down today because I got you covered. If you like the show, here are two ways you can pay it forward. Tell a friend, help spread the word, and leave a review in iTunes or Stitcher, whichever one you use. That helps the show enormously get traction, and our goal is to spread the word. So if this show spoke to you in any way or it made you think of somebody who could get something out of it, share this with them. And if you want to send me feedback, you can do that directly. Here's how this works. Go to onairwithella.com, find the page that's called Connect, and send me an email. You can tell me anything you want to hear about, ways you think we can improve the show, or just what's on your mind. So I want to hear from you. If you have constructive feedback, tell me directly. If you love the show, share it with somebody and tell iTunes and or Stitcher. Every great review helps and we read every one. Thanks for listening and thanks for inspiring me. You are quite simply awesome.